All right, so we are here with Esmeralda, and uh, you have a very interesting story, and uh, it's a very controversial story because uh, I talk to a lot of people that are animal lovers, and then you're coming from a different path uh, or a different industry that, that really promotes bullfighting. So just for a little bit of context, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you started getting into the bullfights and all that stuff. Uh, well, I am Esmeralda Seves. Um, I have worked around five years in digital marketing uh, here in the Valley. Um, until recently, I um, started working in promoting uh, bullfighting uh, using digital marketing. Uh, I started um, on bullfighting uh, because of my dad. He used to take me since I was five years old. And I moved to the United States, and I lost touch with the with the event. Uh, until recently, I was invited to participate in in promoting some bullfighting events. And right now, I'm building a community and using digital marketing strategy to um, promote bullfighting and um, educate people about what bullfighting is and what is involved in it's it's a very controversial thing right because coming from from digital marketing we're, we're always pushing out ads on facebook instagram youtube but there's certain community standards that we have to follow certain terms of service so what have you seen from your end because i know if i push something out with that shows too much skin like it's just banned but i can assume something like uh, animal cruelty is something like that is just completely flagged through Facebook and Instagram. So talk about that. Yes, uh, one of the main challenges that we have is um, what decide what content are, are we going to put out there? Because yes, as you say, um, some people uh, may report our, our posts, our, mainly our videos mm -hmm. uh, as animal cruelty, and you cannot show um, they send us like a list. Really? Uh, they cannot show um, blooded for. Okay. Or um, dying animals or um, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there are very few cases when Facebook take down our our videos. Um, but for the main part, what they do is um, this cover that oh, I've the, seen. the you video has been covered. Yeah. But I am I am still not sure what is their standard because it can be just a torero with a toro by his side, side not even bleeding, and the, the, the photo is already covered. Hmm. And then you see these these videos of people killing people and yeah. all this stuff. And, and I am like, okay, I, I don't understand what exactly. So I don't know if Facebook is deciding that according to people reporting the post or just they merely do these standards. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure. Yeah, I know. I know negative feedback on Facebook counts to like 10 times versus a like or something like that. So I can imagine like especially your industry, I've seen stuff in mine where, where they're showing blood, they're showing a lot of stuff, they're showing right. actual uh, procedures, like for an aesthetic right. company, like the blood's on their face, and this is an ad going out. And I was like, I can't even get mine going yes. out. So it's kind of frustrating, but it goes back to what Facebook does, is like Facebook does whatever they want to do, yeah. period. And also YouTube. Um, I, have, I have seen people, um, um, journalists from the bullfighting world, 
having their, their channel, the YouTube channel taken down hmm. um, because uh, I think it's not the content, but the videos uh, that they are they are showing out there. Interesting. So in your industry, what, you're, you're not talking about like a, a little 500 person people that are going to a stadium, right? Like talk about the stadiums and, and like the bullfights themselves. Uh, well, the stadiums are called Plaza de Toros. And the biggest one is in Mexico City. Um, it's the biggest one in the world, wow. more than the Las Ventas in, in España. So, yeah, it is a big industry. Last year, uh, for the Corrida Guadalupana, mm -hmm. that is a corrida, a traditional corrida that is held every December the 12th in honor of the Virgen de Guadalupe. Okay. Um, it was full. Wow. Full. So, uh, how many people are, are, is it full? I will, full, nosotros decimos lleno hasta la bandera, like wow. all the way to the top, uh, 10,000 people. Wow. There. So, when you say that bullfighting is uh, not an industry anymore, you have to consider uh, that attendance yeah. in just in Mexico City. And, and that, that's not the only one, right? There's some in Monterrey. Yeah, all, all across the... Um, the Mexico, mm -hmm. uh, in Monterrey, in Aguascalientes, in Merida, and um, a lot of uh, Mexico places, they have, they held uh, bullfighting events. I've always wanted to go to one. I've, I've always seen it. I've seen it on <laughs> YouTube or I've seen it somewhere, right? And it's like, it, it's a very, um, it's very alluring to like, uh, to, to me because I have a very, um, I guess, how do you say, um, I, I don't want to say stoic, but kind of like a, not machismo either like I'm, I'm a guy like i like i like animals i like to eat animals i like to i i don't really hunt anymore so i got a lot of buddies that that hunt and cook and stuff like that but uh you, we were talking about off camera that there's a lot of people that have a problem with uh like for PETA example for a lot of uh, animal lovers right a lot of people that don't eat meat a lot of animal cruelty but the industry per se doesn't just throw away the animal right this is the this is what a thousand pound animal bull so talk about that because i think a lot of people have a problem with that because uh they don't really understand yeah well uh one of the most important things that we have to consider when we go to a plaza is that we are supporting an industry that is very ecological like the way the place where the Toro Bravo develops is not your typical industry cattle that are in a little patio and like the um, agriculture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They need to live the closer um, to. Um... <laughs> he always comes out of my podcast. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. They need to live in the in an open space. Uh, we say that the Toro Bravo, they are raised in the wild. Mm -hmm. They are not separated from their moms when they are born. They stay there um, until they are six months and all that. They are together with their, with the herd, and because they need exercise, they are natural. Very, it's a natural state, right? Yes, and so we are supporting that. We are supporting the fields where the Toro Bravo lives, where are wild, there are no deforestation or anything. And also you are supporting las vacas bravas. 
So is something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a business owner. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> you are supporting the, the the cows too. The 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 wild cows, the little um, becerros. Okay, what, so, what's that? The, the, the little the little cows the little, the little bulls or the little cows okay. so you have all these cattle and from there only 20 percent of them go to the plaza okay so you are supporting all of them the cows and the and the becerros and and the other one the old ones that they are not going to the plaza um, anytime soon you are supporting the fields and you are supporting the people who works in the fields. Yeah, that is before before the bulls came to the plaza. Now, when the bull come to the plaza, you are supporting also this whole industry or people that lives from this. And when the, the, the toro leaves the plaza, like when he finished uh, and he's dead, um, his meat is used okay. uh, for human consumption which is a delicacy yeah. and the skin is used so um we see it as a very um conscious cycle right and i think what a lot of people have a problem with is is the way they the, the animal dies so mm -hmm. they spears is that that is that where swords or something like that uh, it's a sore. Okay. It's a sore. So then it's yeah. it's kind of doing a, a slow death. But you were talking about that it's very, um, I guess, touch on that because it's a very, uh, the bull is actually fighting for his life. So if, yes. if the bull actually wins, like somebody can get seriously hurt or die. Yes. So talk about that. Um, well, uh, the people, the Taurinos, uh, that is how you call the people that are really bullfighting aficionados, taurinos. Okay. We go to the plaza uh, to see the one of the greatest animal in the world that that can weigh half a pound and is very powerful. Half a ton. Half a ton. Half a ton. <laughs> it's a, which Sorry. is a huge animal. <laughs> see, media, un animal de media tonelada. Yeah. Uh, is very strong. Is intelligent and is raised with the characteristics that are needed to fight is not your typical meat cattle meat industry it's not stuck in a stable where it's just going to get slaughtered yeah. that's what it's made for right yeah. um so the biggest trophy that a bullfighting a bullfighter can get in a corrida de toros is forgiving the life of the animal okay and that is something that when we go to the plaza, we want to see, we want to see the animal um, returning to the fields where he's going to dive uh, from old age. Okay. And because we want the the ganadero. Well, I'm not familiar with that. People are going to hate me because my Spanish <laughs> sucks and I'm from the valley. <laughs> um, the owner of the cattle, uh -huh. he will want his blood and his genes to be spread towards okay. um, towards um, the herd, so he can have that blood okay. and more bulls like like the one who was returning to the to the fields. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's 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 an interesting industry because uh, I feel like a lot of it's glorified, especially in the tradition that in in Mexico, right? Because I don't, I, you would never see that here in America. But it's no. a spectacle that, that I would love to see and I'd love to be part of. 
But I know there's always that backlash that you're going to get from somebody. And I think uh, when we were talking about that, that the um, that there's some PETA people out there, right? Yeah. So how, do, how does that look or how, how does it, I guess, how do they intervene in uh, in the bullfights? Well, um, in the actual bullfights, they kind of don't because um, you have, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000 Taurinos around you. And when they go and they make the protest, protest, they are just like 10 okay. or 15. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, they might have their, their signs um, saying very um, straightforward and sometimes very rude yeah. statements. Or maybe he, they might yell something, but... Um, you are coming to our house. Right, like, yeah. To our you place. You have to have some respect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And actually, the Taurinos are very peaceful people. And it had never been seen like a kind of fight or something between them. So we just go to our business. Right. And when we have problems or when we have a challenge, it's on digital marketing. You know, um, these industry, the, the digital industry is you feel more... Uh, bowl when you are behind exactly, a yeah. keyboard that mm-hmm. when you are face to face and it's when people um, sometimes um, when I was starting to promote um, bullfighting on social media I made the mistake of doing an act mm-hmm. and um, I segmented for Plaza Toros bullfighting but I don't know how someone pick it up and then I assume they reposted to a to a pita group or vegan group, and then a lot of people come to your page and start saying comments, wow. but very uh, rude comments, bad words, um, and some some if you if you talk back or respond, they take a picture of you wow. and they post it in the comments, and it's crazy. It gets crazy. So after that, I say no more ads. (laughs) It's all organic. (laughs) Yeah, you have to do all organic because even if you do it organic, I don't know how. I guess some people from Peru are just there. They're waiting. (laughs) Just looking and then they repose and they say attack this page or something. Because even if if I don't do ads or anything, they come to yeah. our page and they leave bad reviews and they are offensive to everyone in the industry so i i just ban people yeah. from <laughs> ban the page. that's the great thing about <laughs> facebook is if you like something just ban it <laughs> yeah but what what do you feel about that because obviously social media has shrunk the world right so we can talk to i have talked to people in japan i talked mm-hmm. to people in india i mean the world has literally shrunk is is it a good thing that Everybody has a voice, regardless of they're right or if they're wrong. Yeah, I, I, I think it is, it is, it is good if you have the proper attitude. Like I will like, I will love for people to have an open mind and at least listen. How? What is this about? How right. did it happen? How the Toro Bravo is raised? What is the the purpose of the Corrida de Toros? It's not just going there and have fun watching an animal die. Right. It's something more. It's, it's tradition, is in its history, is anthropology, is 
a ritual is a lot of things but i would like people to have an open mind to at least um listen and maybe educate themselves and then you make a decision right. like because i understand this is a very hard um event is is a strong event you are watching an animal die right before you yeah it's very emotional yeah it's very emotional that that is the word you go to the plaza not to have fun but to have emotion that emotion can be something really positive like passion and or it can be sadness i haven't seen people that you know what i cannot watch thank you for inviting me go and you respect that because okay thank you for giving give it a chance yeah Yeah, but that is the only thing I would love to have people who are open to know more and maybe to go mm -hmm. and see if, see it for themselves, the whole ritual. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they imagine there are a lot of people clapping and making jokes and drinking. If you go there, you're gonna be you're gonna see an experience that is like a ritual. Everyone is quiet. Everyone understands and respect the death of the animal. So it's not like football where everybody's cheering like, yeah. yeah That is what, what we say, like, it's not football. Right. And it's very traditional in a way that there is no technology involved at all. Hmm. In the Plaza de Toros, you don't have special lighting. You don't have speakers. The only music that you hear is the ole from the people and the banda, the banda that they, Tocan Paso Doble, Español, and that's all. That's it. Yeah. So it's and, a very raw experience. Yeah, hmm. that's right. I think I think that, that those type of experiences now coming like we I live in a digital age. You, I'm sure, sure you live in a digital age. Our kids live in a digital age. Those experiences are kind of becoming obsolete now. Yeah. I mean, where else in the world can you see that type of stuff? I mean, exactly. you won't see it here in America. So you actually have to travel and, and get these experiences. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people are looking for those types of things where, where it's more of like a ritualistic type of, of scenario where you can't find that stuff anymore. Like you'll see it on, on YouTube or something. Right. And that's it. Like you just have one mentality of it because you see you see it on a little screen and that's it. Exactly. Like it's it's not the experience that you were talking about. Exactly. And when I when it really surprised me is now as I when I go as a millennial in the digital age, is how they take people closer. In a Plaza de Toros, you don't have a seat like that, or like like in a football game that you have your comfortable seat. Yeah. Do you know what you get in a Plaza de Toros? What is it? Cement with a number on it. Wow. <laughs> so you are here, and the other people would be here, and other people would be here, And other people would be behind you, so their feet are gonna be like here, and then your feet are gonna be on the back of other people. Yeah. So you have to be respectful, and you have to behave yourself because you are close to a lot of strangers, and yes, they are drinking. Mm -hmm. And you know how many times um, have we have like a fighting or an incident in a plaza de toros? How many? Never. Wow. You have 10,000 people um, skin to skin drinking in an event and you don't have any incident. Why do you think that is? 
I think that is the respect that we feel for the Fiesta Brava. Okay. The respect that we feel for the plaza and for the event. Because Taurinos, um, you don't go to, an, to a bullfighting event just like, oh, I'm boring, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to Corrida de Toros. No, you go because your family takes you, your, your friends uh, take, take you, or someone invite you. So in a way, we are all a big family. Right. Okay. That's interesting. But in, in, in the stadium, you're seeing young kids as well, right? Yes. Okay, so it's, it's families. Yeah, okay, so yeah. how, how do they react to that? Uh, well, uh, I took my daughter three years ago. She was seven. And as a millennial mom, I was like, oh, my God, no. I, I don't know if I should take her. And I was like, well, sooner or later, later um, he needs to see the reality. That is another thing. People are detached from the reality. People don't want to see the bad. They just want to enjoy the benefits. That's interesting that you touch on that because I was watching a, a documentary the other day and it was about American people will not eat something that looks like the actual food. So yeah. a chicken, for example, that's why they cut it up. They put it in little strips or whatever. Mm. People won't, people are less likely to eat something that it resembles a food. But this is you're actually seeing this like hunting. Like when you actually kill an animal, you got to skin it. You got to take out the meat. It takes time. This exactly. is it's a process, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting. And is the only event on the, on the world that you're going to see an animal die in front of you? Hmm. Maybe hunting? Legally. Yeah. Legally, because I mean, there's yeah. dog fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> legally. Yeah, legally. And I think it's, a, it's being in, in touch with death. With the process of that, we, uh, which we as a society also reject. Mm -hmm. Nobody want to talk about that or sickness or an animal dying. Yeah. But here you have this event that is going to show you all that right. in an afternoon. So it's like an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> yes. And I say, well, my daughter sooner or later has to learn. And if she don't like if she don't like it, I don't take her anymore. Yeah. She has to experience. And we go over there and I was all worried, like, oh my God, she's going to be traumatized. You know what she did? What? Nothing. <laughs> she kept eating the palm corn, like, oh, he's already dead. Oh, can I have a soda? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's maybe, interesting, interesting. Maybe sometime we're judging our kids. Uh, before we know what they think. Right. Yeah. No, no I get it. I mean, it, it's, it's one, difficult being a parent, first of all, with kids growing up in this world that, that social media is around. And I always talk about TikTok because uh, TikTok is a very interesting platform. Are you on TikTok? No. It's a very interesting platform because... I, I was hesitant about getting into it because I'm 38, right? And my daughter's <laughs> nine. My audience is 75% females, but they're from the age of six years old to 12 years old or 15. And it's a very young demographic. And I feel like the people on there are making us and older people look bad because they're doing stupid things. <laughs> I, I don't get it. But there's a lot of inappropriate things on there, too, that, that kids are being exposed to. Yeah. But I feel like it's not anywhere like Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Like they, they don't have those, I guess, community standards yet. So oh. kids are being exposed to this stuff, like regardless. Like they're swiping up and they're seeing 
super inappropriate stuff. And I'm trying to, I guess, tell everybody, like, this is what's going on in TikTok. Like, if I didn't jump on it, I would never know. Right. So I think using it, I use it for digital marketing purposes, right? Because I eventually want to get, like, a Frito-Lays or something to, like, be able to sponsor me so I can put out posts. Stuff like that, right? Influencer marketing we're talking about. But, uh, yeah, I see it, like... uh, People and one thing that I do see is a lot of uh, accounts are from the parents' phone, so they'll give it to their kids and they, they create the TikTok account with their parents' account. So it, it's a very weird, it's a very weird social media platform where uh, it's like it's like the open west, like the Western world, like there everything goes, nothing's right. really censored anymore. What do you feel about that? Like, how, how do you feel about like coming from a place like Facebook and YouTube where a lot of stuff is censored? to TikTok where nothing censored? Um, like as a mom yeah. for my kids? Or as a mom, as, as, as a, a user. Yeah, as a user, as, as anything. I, I don't know, because we have some, we we keep getting new platform, new new platforms, and how are we gonna handle all these accounts? Yeah. <laughs> how are we gonna make content from all of them? Yeah. You know, or is like, when you had Facebook connecting to Instagram and what you post on Instagram, it appears on, on the Facebook and it's like, same thing. Okay. It's the same thing. So are we going to reach a point that whenever we pose, it just one, goes to everything. Uh-huh, it's like, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't, I don't know if having more channels is the answer to the, to be more productive on social media or more creative yeah. in social media. Did you hear that Instagram is, is they want to get rid of the likes and the, and the views yeah. and all that stuff? What do you feel about that? Because I feel like influencer marketing is huge. I have a few friends that have like 35 to 100,000 followers and they make money off of a lot of things that they do, right? But what happens like when those likes are gone or those views are gone? Well, I think that is a good thing because you can you can measure um any other um indicator like you can see engagement Mm -hmm. you can see what i think that helps you to see what actually matters conversions engagement um interaction instead of just um well you know that just looking at the likes is just vanity metrics right you need to have something more uh, leads inbox so i i i think it's good yeah i I didn't believe in influencer marketing here in the valley until my buddy uh, luis alejandro which is uh he does makeup right Uh you know yeah so i I was looking at uh instagram stories and he was having an event i think at five guys burgers or something like that and i was like yeah or whatever influencer marketing fine so i look at his uh stories and there was a bunch of people like there for him I was like, dude, this is this is awesome. Like, it yeah. really works. And I think these are like the new celebrities that are actually have pull now versus like the main celebrities that are coming out in, in movies and stuff like that. Because I think uh, it was Gary Vaynerchuk that was saying mm-hmm. that uh, in the next few years, like these celebrities that come out on movies and stuff are going to be in for for like, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is like these influencers are literally making millions of dollars a year. And this, these are the new celebrities. Like, I think Joe Rogan was saying that uh, his neighbor is a YouTube star. Like, he has, like, a $7 million house. It's well, crazy. Yeah. So, I, I guess I, I guess the hard part is is how do you grow uh, an, an influencer marketing, I guess, brand for yourself? I, I'm, you've been in the industry. What yes. have you seen? 
Well, in my opinion is uh, having good content. Because I, I, I know it's a cliche, like yeah. everybody make good content, but at the end is your base. Then you can do your branding for your content and all the videos. But if you, if you don't have something substantial to say or something substantial to give to the world or to the user, um, sooner or later, is not going to be there. Yeah. But if you do um, tips, if you give value information, if you help them solve problems, educational information, inspiration, uh, you, you can be there for the long And I think a, a lot of people, because obviously we live in, a, in, a, in an instant gratification world, but I feel like people are like, well, it's not working. It's not working. Especially business owners, like uh, small business owners and corporate, they're like, well, okay, I need to see these metrics today, today. And that's not really how it works. So I, I, I always ask this because coming from me, it's super exhausting. Like this guy's talking about this again, again. <laughs> so it's good when I have another digital marketer in here to talk about these things because it really gives depth to social media. It's not like your one post is going to return you thousands and thousands of exactly. dollars. So kind of touch on that because I think it's super important that people understand how social media really works. Mm -hmm. uh well, in my experience, social media is about making a community. It's not more about selling in the in the first uh, in the first stage. Yeah. It's more about um, building your community, building trust, having people listen to what you have to say, and then you can reap the benefits, which is um, I'm selling something, and if you trust me, you can buy it. Yeah. Right. That yeah. is what social media is. It's um, making a community like that is what I did with this uh, bullfighting. Um, instead of doing the traditional tactics like oh segmentation, ads, yeah. um, I was like, OK, in this industry, this is not going to work. I need something else. So I made a community. And you know what a community I made? Memes. Memes. I love memes. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Tauro Meme, and it's memes about um, toros, about everything, anything that happened in the, in the bullfighting war. I have like 4,000, um, nearly 5,000, but for me, as a digital marketing, it was like, wow, with zero investment. Yeah. Well, my investment was making the memes. Yeah, right? your time. <laughs> time and content. Yeah. And identifying what people need in this industry. And what I see is like the Toros industry is so serious. Yeah. So traditional. Imagine your dad there. My dad there. Sometimes it's like, what are you talking about? A meme that is so disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. People are, are risking their lives there. Yeah. And you're making memes. And I, I was like, but the... This industry needs that. Every industry needs memes yeah. to survive, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like this boring stuff. Like you see, always yeah. see on Facebook, like, okay, this guy's talking about, I mean, nose surgery or something. Yeah. That's super boring. But a meme about it gets attention and then they might actually go further and look into it. Like Exactly. I see one salon, hair salon here in the Bali, mm -hmm. that they do memes all the time about about your experience of going to the salon and all this. And it's fun to see and you keep following that account. Yeah. Instead of 
I, well, I don't see instead of, but maybe if you are more serious and this is the color and we made the color like this, like maybe if you are if you are um, aiming for very young people, mm -hmm. maybe the memes are, are the yeah. are the way to go. So we did this meme about um, toros, and at the beginning, a lot of people taurinos mm -hmm. they didn't like it. They didn't like it. They were like, "That is so disrespectful." this is a serious business people are risking their life and these are people like my dad like yeah. 50 something and they talk about the the toro and the physiognomy of the toro and all that and i was like if this industry is going to survive in right. this digital world in this digital vegan world yeah they need for for the taurinos our age to be in the same symphony, right. to have memes, so they can share, so they can laugh, so they can... It's the language of the, of the world. I mean, it's the language yeah. of social media. That That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And I find it interesting because um, it, how do you feel about traditional marketing? So, for example, like billboards. I have a huge beef with billboards. Like, I, see, I go I after billboards all the time. <laughs> I can read your post. <laughs> I go after billboards and TV. TV, um, because and radio commercial. Yeah, I, I, I do like. I use I use radio sometimes for my podcast because I know the markets here in the valley, right? But uh, like TV, I, I interviewed uh, my buddy uh, Alex Garrido, which is UTRGV, mm -hmm. the director, and he was talking about. Some places spend like twenty five grand on yeah. one commercial that airs one month. Like, you know what you could do on social media with that? I I used to say that uh, also, like um, magazine ads, mm -hmm. Jello pages. There are the people who use Jello pages, and it's a lot of money yeah. that you invest. And I thought the same. You know what we can do with all that money in Google or Facebook or all this? Yeah. Yes, but I I think it depends on the industry yeah. again because for example for toros it's so traditional that they use billboards. Wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. I'm assuming it works for that industry. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and they they use um, and the bus like when okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bus they are very traditional. They are not in the tv anymore okay but i don't know if it is for the regulations people don't like it um it's an it's an interesting shift that that a lot of traditional because i feel like a lot of people that that do traditional type of meeting uh, media they they just love it like they're used to it it's easy all right here's the money take it and do whatever you got to do yeah so that that's what like convincing these people like this is the new world that we we're living in the social media is like invest here you can get a better return on investment we can track everything we can get your data we can literally serve your ads to a mom with a 3d three to five year old child i mean that's how that's how pinpointed the targeting is i mean i just i have a huge beef with billboards <laughs> I, I, I understand <laughs> But I think that it's especially here in the valley. Yeah. You don't have this big metropolitan city that everybody needs to see the billboard. Like, come on, we're pretty small. Yeah. And we don't need billboards here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I always say I'm the the Bamar. I'm not going to say the real name, but the Mamar of of advertising in the, in the in the digital world. Because one thing that I found recently was uh, I got let go from one of my clients because I was servicing another like business. Oh, so, yeah. for example, like barbecue, right? I had uh, two, three different accounts of barbecue, right? And these are big brands, right? But they didn't want me to work with other barbecue places, which is weird because, I mean, my job as an advertiser and a marketer is to get your product out in front of people and and do it in a professional way. So what do you feel about that? Because I have a problem with it. <laughs> I guess I'm just going on a rant. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> so what do you think about that? Because I feel like obviously my job is to get your product out in front of people in a professional way so how do you feel about i don't know <laughs> i think if you are giving the results they should have no problem with that yeah i talked to a few friends and one of my buddy uh, jesse he's from seattle and he uh they do like industries all the time they're, they're doing email marketing and a lot of copywriting so he was saying like i was asking him uh what happens when business gets slow or when people don't want you to work with other people? He was like, I think my mistake was was not building a brand like uh, my my company is Alamo mm -hmm. Digital Agency, but it's always me, Josh Moroles, going to talk to the business owner. So I developed that relationship one on one. So when I try to push the brand is like, hey, the brand is the one that's pushing out the advertisements. I'm just the guy that the sales guy or the the, the guy that's going in and talking to the people, right? Mm -hmm. That I guess they associate me because now we have that relationship with like, no, you're backstabbing me. You're going after other people. But I think that was my mm -hmm. mistake is not building the brand, the brand behind it, because now the brand is doing is like Lamar advertising, right? It's no longer Josh model that's going into the meetings. Mm -hmm. It's I, I, I represent a bigger thing which is, I guess, in the eyes of a business owner, okay, now you can do whatever you got to do. How do you feel you about think? that? I, th I, think, I think that's what it is. I don't know. I, mean, I can't pinpoint it yet. I, th I think, I always think otherwise. Um, I read someone, um, a guy that I've been following, he's called, he's called June Loisa, hmm. and he's very young, entrepreneur, and he has, has like two ventures, and he sold, he sold the ventures, and then he has another one, and he write a blog about um, branding and marketing and, and how they how he raised capital and all that mm -hmm. and he worked an article that caught my attention and i always remember that he say why is a personal brand better than a agency brand yeah and he say that people is is easier with to people to connect with another person right. instead of like a brand and that clients they like um, treating a person because you are accessible, they can call you on the phone, and right. they can get to you very, very fast. Like they are, they are a treating a person right. and not with a brand. That, it's a human experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> it siempre me quedé pensando, I pensé en eso. Like, is really a personal brand better than? Um, than an agency brand because i used to have my brand too it was ugly ducky okay but no nobody never recognized ugly ducky always was ah esmeralda yeah right. oh and when they see the inbox he's like who is ugly ducky 
They're like, it's me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know, especially here in the valley where people know each other. They they know you in first name basis. We are close. We are not this big city, I guess. And, and I guess it depends on, on what you want. Because if you want to go like, I want to go to Lion Canyons. And right. Be this very huge um, agency. Well, yeah go and push your brand but if you want to be one-on-one i guess it's okay if you yeah maybe that's why it's, it's harder for me to scale the 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 company because uh this year uh i just hired a guy a really good videographer and uh i'm pushing more now the agency but i'm also doing the personal branding stuff so i'm, I'm kind of just doing it all now and I, i'm mm -hmm. obviously i'm on every different platform uh do you use twitter uh yeah yeah it, so what's the biggest platform in mexico right now i think is instagram instagram interesting yeah. i know i know a lot of stuff happens now in instagram stories versus just the post the or the organic stuff on, on mm -hmm. instagram is just horrible now <laughs> and i didn't i didn't realize it until the other day i was uh interviewing a buddy of mine that does a lot of barbecue bar bbq hubs and uh he's huge on instagram like he's cooking outside outdoor stuff and after that i got a ton of messages on instagram stories and i was having conversations with people and then after that i started having conversations with people about digital marketing so people are always reaching out but there's always that thing where people aren't liking commenting and stuff but they're seeing your stuff yeah and they're reaching out to you in the back end so that's what we're talking about like vanity metrics they don't really matter yeah and what i don't like is like it counts as a view, but you know, you are just like clicking, not even seeing, or it's like boring, and you just click it to finish and get to the other person, yeah. and instead it's counting as a view. Yeah. So we are being misled yeah. too, like, okay, did you see it, see it, or you just uh, pass it? Yeah. And I thought Instagram to, needs to change that, like maybe if two seconds, mm -hmm. or people watching three seconds, Pero yo lo he visto. I have seen it. Yeah. Even if you do one second just to skip it, it can't. It can't Counts as, as a view. As a view. I like. Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the new Facebook uh, through views, which is 15 seconds. Now it has to count it at 15 mm -hmm. seconds. Yeah. That's a good thing because uh, it's more expensive to get in front of that audience, but those people are more likely to watch the whole thing yeah. versus a three second clip of, of whatever, right? Uh, which is how Facebook usually counts a view. But the through views, they're typically more expensive, which is what I try to go after all the time. And I try to explain to like business owners, it's going to be more expensive to reach this audience, but you're getting better leads down yeah. the line. Quality. So t talk about that, because I think um, obviously you can have these vanity. I can I can push out 100, 200 bucks on Facebook and get a ton of views. Go take this to uh, somebody that I want to work with. Look, check this out. Right. But it's misleading. Like. I'd rather have, instead of 200,000 views, I'd rather have 1,000 views of actual people that actually saw the thing. So talk, mm. talk, talk, about, uh, talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> about, the about the depth of, of the stuff that's going on, like, I, I guess, versus these vanity metrics, right? Which you have yeah. 200,000 views versus 1,000. Like, talk about the importance of having a good message, of actually finding the audience that yeah. you want to go after. Yeah, I think the importance is finding your segment. Well, it is one thing to define your audience in your 
um, plan and your marketing plan that I don't know women this age that lives here and this entrance and actually what works in the when you when you do the ads yeah. because I have have my super um, defined audience that I thought and when I put it on Facebook and actually run the ads one is super super expensive to reach even one like not even a lead not even a message yeah. just like one like and then um, it was not even uh, qualified the way I thought it would be yeah so I think it's better at, the, at first do the trial and error that okay this ad um, with this segmentation with this definition gets me um, I don't know three inbox yeah uh, because for me the inbox is more worth that a, than a chair or than a like right because an inbox is like a lead it's someone is stepping in your store and asking questions yeah um so yeah is is um i i always make some ads and then i have a lot of likes but none of all these people even lives near the place i yeah. was uh making ads to so you cut your losses and do another one and do another one and there's nothing wrong with that it's part of the process exactly a business cannot spend can, cannot expect that a digital market would come with a uh solution right away and look at all the people coming like it takes time yeah. i always explain to the to the clients this is like a garden you have you need to plant your seed mm -hmm. which is open your facebook account you have to every day um, um, regarla con agua. Water it a little bit more, yeah. Every day, and that will be your content. That will be the quality of your work. Um, and I and I'm not saying you have to spend like a huge millions in the perfect video or something. You have uh, something professional. Um, every day making good content until you can reap the benefits. Yeah. I think a lot of people think like the instant gratification world is like it's going to happen right then and there. But I've seen that when I'm doing marketing long term, some people will come in three months down the line, six months down the line. But it's because you've been building that content yeah. over time, over time. And a lot of people don't like that. They're like, all right, I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. Yeah, it's not the same taking over a business that it has been here like five years and five years of Facebook promotion. And I already have an audience there mm -hmm. that... Hey, I just opened my, my business. Please help me. Is is gonna be work? Yeah. And I don't know if you agree with me, but every year gets more challenging. Yeah, and more expensive. Yeah, maybe these business owners remember when they opened an account in 2012. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everything was free. Everything was organic. <laughs> yeah, and organic and all that, and then it's they expect the same results yeah. six years, seven years later. Yeah. Like even well, in Instagram, it's more challenging yeah. to get followers yeah. than uh, five years ago. Yeah, everything is getting more difficult, getting more expensive, and the, the tactics that you have to use are, are more. You have to be more involved. Social media is actual work. It's not mm -hmm. like all right, I'm posting a picture today. It's it's not like that anymore. Right. I use a lot of um. I'm, I've been diving into articles now, so more like uh, the written word because I do understand that. The, some people watch video content, but there's also a lot of people who love to read. 
So they're two different audiences or they could overlap the same audience. But I'm trying to touch every touch point possible for the for my obviously for my clients. But I feel like a lot of clients don't really understand like the whole marketing technique. Like, all right, we're, we're going after the people that read. We're going after the people that watch videos. We're going after the people that engage with posts. We're trying to touch everything. And this is like a like a somewhere like a big agency in, in New York would use. Like this mm-hmm. is the tactic they would use. And they just I guess they don't understand it completely. But I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of work, and I think uh, it is. I think uh, people are really underestimating the power of social media and what it can do for a business. I mean, there's people that still don't have Facebook pages, yeah, and they're opening up businesses <laughs> like that's the new world we live in, and it's free to open it, and it's not going to cost you that much money to get in front of people. So yeah. I guess, what tips would you give new businesses that are about to open up? Uh, how do they get into the social media game? If they're about to open or if they're they, they see themselves like hey I'm, I'm gonna start a business in two months like I think that's prime time to start priming the people mm, I will say it depends on the industry um, on the business but let's say is a restaurant the one I have more experience with mm-hmm. um, create expectation about the opening um, also Another thing that I'd really like is um, mix the digital experience with the real life experience. I think that is the ultimate challenge for the digital marketing. So like, touch on that then. When you can get your audience uh, digital, I used to have these restaurants, I like, have like 10,000 and it, I, I always like to like to do events and all that. And I was like, how can I reap the benefits of this audience into the real world? Mm-hmm. Because when a business owner see the digital board translated into the real world, like, wow, there is people here just for the Facebook page. Yeah. That is why the real um, power of, of digital comes into place and everyone is um surprise yeah. like i have this this restaurant and i say you know what let's do an event let's do an event do this special menu just for this event i think it was like i i call it a vegan party okay um <laughs> ironic <laughs> irony <laughs> <laughs> it was a, because it was a healthy restaurant so mm-hmm. um let's call it a vegan party and this do this menu for for this special event and sell the tickets online mm-hmm. not at the door not anything just um online they they need to buy it online um beforehand yeah. okay we it's all out it's awesome and when the business owners saw that because she didn't have to do anything yeah. just design a, a special menu for for the place and that's it no additional investment no other stuff so when when they see the the restaurant full of people it didn't didn't have to do anything just read the benefits of we having worked together for like four years mm-hmm. like this is it what works. you can do yeah. yeah it works and you can repeat it every month if you want or two months and whatever i think that is the ultimate um proof that yeah. you can see, hey, my digital audience is here. Right. And it's something that we work for. It's the same with the with the with the plaza. Like, okay, I have this 
I, I open a page just for one corrida de toros that is going to be in a small town in Monterrey. And I open a page just for that. And when you translate, like, okay, I only solo junté 600, 600 people. Yeah. Be, because I opened the account like three weeks before the event. Mm -hmm. And 600 people were in the page. But uh, people were asking, hey, where can I buy the tickets? It's traditional, so they can get the ticket online. Yeah. As you hubiera tenido more proof. Yeah. But they were like, oh, where I go um, to buy the tickets and all that. We have inbox. People saying, so good that you advertise because we didn't know. Yeah. And then you go to the plaza and there is people there. It's like, we can bring people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the, I love the events on Facebook because, um, I don't know. Well, I'm sure you know that Eventbrite now got integrated into yeah. the Facebook events, which is awesome because the only thing I don't like about Eventbrite is obviously the fees. They're the so fee. crazy. Yeah. Like, like my gosh, but we do Friday night funnies at one of my clients plays and it's always packed. Like we, we sell tickets. Like it works. Like, I mean, there's no other, you, you can't deny it, right? Yeah. These are actual people coming in that are buying tickets directly off of Facebook. And now it's even easier to retarget those people because you can buy it based on their interest. Like, did they did they have an intent to purchase? Well, you can throw ads in front of them. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's a really good world that digital marketers live in. But I think we need to talk about it more because business owners don't understand it like they just see like these guys are just doing whatever right and they're bringing they're just posting on facebook and my nephew can do that yeah yeah <laughs> it's free yeah or my daughter can do it because she's yeah. really good at she has a facebook or instagram account and she takes really good pictures <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean with cameras now i mean it works but yeah I, I think that that talking about it more getting it out there and, and spreading the word like from digital marketers like ourselves like it's super important that People understand like the power behind what we're actually doing is driving sales versus not having this and not having anybody. Right. So yeah. uh, before we finish off the podcast, I just want to make sure people can uh, find out more about you or learn more about you or if they want to reach out to you about anything that you have coming up. Uh, you have Comer RGV? Que Comer RGV. So yes. talk, talk about that a little. Uh, well, Kekomera GV, I opened the Instagram and Facebook, I think back in 2012. Okay. And I wanted to be an app to people finding where to eat. Mm -hmm. But then it comes all these apps that do that for you. Yeah. So I was like, I, I just want to post pictures of what I'm eating. Mm -hmm. And right now, um, I think it's the biggest foodie influencer in the Valley. Nice. Yeah, I was telling you that a lot of brands are like Whataburger and all stuff. Like, I have all with Whataburger, Tony Roma's, Canes, just to do influencer marketing. Yeah. And yeah, if you need suggestions to where to eat, I always go to my own Instagram account and I said, like, oh, I'm craving <laughs> this. Let's good. go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if they want to reach out to you and do some type of influencer marketing, they can yeah. reach out to, to Kekomer RGV, right? Kekomer RGV. So, and if they want to find out about the bullfighting in Mexico or anything like that? Uh, they can go to Tauro Meme in facebook mm -hmm. and instagram awesome okay yeah well just uh thank you very much for coming on the podcast i thank you for your time thank you for your digital marketing experience it's <laughs> hard to talk about my... people it's, talk, it's hard to talk about certain subjects with people that don't really know anything about this stuff so it's a refreshing yeah. to talk about this stuff but uh then again i thank you very much thank you for your time and uh, we'll talk to you soon thank you for inviting me